Imagine that you work for Netflix or Amazon or Apple in their streaming department, and your role is to find new content to produce. Television shows, movies, be a pretty exciting job, I think. Well, someone's coming to you and they have an idea that they want to pitch, and this is what it entails. It's going to involve uh, four really big stars working together on a project for, say, about five years. It'll be a five-year television run, and these are the people that we want to star in it. And that would be Donald Trump, Mike Pence, Joe Biden, and Kamala Harris. Again, working together five years on a project together. What would you say to that? I think it was, if it was me, I'd probably ask a question. I'd say, you know, what kind of genre is this supposed to be? Is this a horror story? Bringing all those people together and, and confiding them together for five years? Is it a comedy? Because uh, it, it sure could be, uh, you know, maybe kind of a dark comedy a twisted kind of comedy, I don't know, a scary kind of comedy. Maybe it is a, a mixture of a horror and a comedy, a homedy, right? You're getting all those people together, you're getting them all fired up and that kind of stuff. What, what's the purpose? What's going on? And then the person pitching the thing, well, we're not done yet. We, we got to start with those four. We're going to bring in others. We want to bring in other leaders from around the world, from Africa and Europe and Asia and North America and South America, Central America, men and women, right? Key leaders in these countries. And we're going to put them together with the other four that we just mentioned from America, uh, we're going to need to sequester them somewhere. We're thinking about building a like a huge space satellite that orbits the Earth, put them up there so they can look down and see the Earth. And, and their goal will be to work together for the good of humanity. How can we make the world a better place by working together, by helping to lead our nations together? And we're, we're going to ask them to surrender their own desires and surrender uh, their own you know loyalties to parties or, or, or nations and and to surrender national agendas and to say, what can we do together to help advance humanity? What would you say to that? Well, I would probably say, that sounds great. It sounds like this utopian dream, and I wish that could come true, but the skeptic in me is wondering if you could really pull that off. In fact, it sounds more like a, like a fantasy than anything. You think Lord of the Rings was a fantasy, or you think... Harry Potter was a fantasy. This sounds like a fantasy. Sounds like a good story, but it, it sounds like a fantasy. What do you all think about that? Well, in 1960s, in, in the 1960s, mid-1960s, there was a man named Gene Roddenberry who had an idea for NBC to do a show that's a little similar to that. And, and his idea was to, in the middle of the Cold War, in the middle of struggles for civil rights in America, especially uh, with people of color, black people trying to, to be treated equally. Lots going on. Uh, the conflict, obviously, that's going to be going on in Vietnam and lots of things happening in the 1960s. In the midst of that, Gene Roddenberry has this idea to do a science fiction genre show that's going to bring people together, actors who are black and white. And they're going to play characters from America, characters from the Soviet Union, characters from Asia, characters from Europe. And in the midst of all the turmoil and stuff that's going on, this show is going to explore uh, the, the, the struggles of the day through uh, metaphor, through uh, a, a journey into space. Going to put all these people into a spaceship and send them out to explore the universe. And in this future utopia, the world has become united. And folks have come together. And so uh, the Russian and the American and the black and the white, all folks are working together 
for the common good. And, and that show, of course, is known as Star Trek. I'm wearing the Star Trek show. And, uh, well, not wearing the show, wearing the shirt about the show. You know what I'm talking about. And Star Trek. So to go on a trek, a journey in the stars. Uh, of course, if you live in the southern states of the United States of America, sometimes we call that Star Trek because we like our race cars. We like to drive around racetracks and we envision spaceships doing big laps around the earth or something. I don't know, but it's Star Trek going on a journey together. And in the opening monologue, the captain of the, of the, the spaceship, uh, Captain Kirk, has a monologue. And he says, space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. And in the future, they change that to boldly go where no one has gone before to be more diverse and to be more inclusive. And since the 1960s in that original Star Trek show, nine more television series have spawned from that. There are still current shows right now that you can stream online and see that. There have been six major motion pictures. There have been animated shows. There's all kinds of stuff. Multi-million dollar industry with Star Trek. Uh, but I love the premise. It's, it's a bold premise. Right? People uniting together to go on a trek to, for, the good, for the good of the universe, for the good of humanity, right? People coming together to seek good for all people. And it's a utopian picture. It's a utopian vision. It's bold and uh, it's exciting. And that's why I think it's still around. Well, we in this series have been celebrating uh, a bold vision that God has given to us as a congregation. And we're celebrating where God has brought us, where we are now. We're also celebrating where we think God's calling us to go next. And if you've been along for the journey, we're glad you're with us. And we hope you'll keep going with us. If you're new to the journey, if you're just tuning in for the first time, or you, you've been only a couple times you know, with us remotely or whatever, uh, we're glad you're here too, because we want to invite you to on this journey with us. We're not through. God's not through with us yet. God has great things in store. And so uh, today we're going to tell some of that story, some of that, that bold journey that God's called us to be on. And we, we invite you to see yourself in this. And we invite you to join us for these next segments that, that God has in store for us. And uh, our journey has been a 54-year-old journey. Uh, when our congregation first started out in a cow pasture in what would become South Charlotte here in North Carolina uh, with some pioneers uh, 54 years ago. Uh, and some of them are who are still with us. And it's been a great experience as we've ministered to a community known as the Sharing Community in, in South Charlotte. And seven years ago, the past seven years, we've kind of been on a different part of the journey in which we've relaunched our church because the Sharing Community has transformed into a different community, the South Park Community. And we didn't transition very well. We kind of fell behind that. And, and we went through a 20-year period uh, leading into around 2012 where we lost half of our church because we just weren't being relevant as the community continued to change. And so seven years ago, we felt God was calling us to make a change, to make a difference, to, to start new, to relaunch the church. And so that's what we've been working on for the past seven years. And so we have, we've shifted. We've shifted our ministry. We've shifted our leadership model. We've shifted our staffing model. We've, we have torn down our building. Uh, we're going to, we are rebuilding it, and it's almost done, uh, into a mixed-use development where there are apartments and a hotel and restaurants and stores and medical facilities. And in the middle of that is the church. And our role is to be friends with our new neighbors. We anticipate between 12 
thousand people coming each week onto the campus in, in multiple ways. And, and our goal is to, is to love these people and to become friends, to become neighbors, and to introduce the love of Jesus and help people live life to the full in Christ. And we're excited about that. And we have been working super hard. The last three and a half years, we have been off campus. We've, we've been in what we call the frontier, like we're being pioneers again, just like those who started the church. Uh, we left the campus while it's being rebuilt, and we've worshipped in a movie theater. We've, we've met in coffee shops and YMCAs and, and in people's homes, and we've really kind of done church out in the community. We met people where they are, which I think where God really needs us and wants us to be. And we're going to keep doing that even as we move back into the new building. And so we've called our time this three and a half years off campus, the frontier. We've been out being pioneers again. And so our series is the final frontier where that, that time is coming to an end as we anticipate moving into our building uh, next month. We're going to start unpacking stuff in November. We plan to begin worshiping uh, sometime soon in December. And we're super excited about that. And so we're looking at where we came from, why we're doing this, and, and where we're going next. And we believe that God called us to be bold in this. We have sacrificed a lot. We have, we have changed a lot. And we do that because we love God and we believe that God wants us to reach our community for Jesus. And in, in the midst of that, uh, we've attracted a lot of attention. Uh, this is a unique thing that we're doing. We've had people from all around the U.S. come and we've spoken at conferences. We have people visit us, other churches other groups just wanting to see what we're doing. And, and we really believe we're, we're creating a new model for ministry, a new model for, for doing life between followers of Jesus and businesses and apartments. And, and, and we're excited about that. And so we're, again, we invite you in to our journey. We believe it's a bold thing that God calls us to do. And it's a humbling thing to be a part of God's grand vision, uh, pursuing life to the full in Jesus and trying to help as many people as possible find that. We also believe that we're in line with the Bible and we look at our story as part of the story of, of God and the people of God and the scriptures. And, and, and one group that really inspires us are the people of Israel uh, that are in the Old Testament. Uh, they were liberated from slavery to to when they were in a time in Egypt, and then they kind of got in trouble with God. They kind of disobeyed God. They've been wandering around in a, in a rocky wilderness for 40 years. Uh, but now God's ready to bring them into the land of Israel, the promised land, and, and to let them be a way for the whole world to find out who God is. And we're getting ready to read part of that story. It's in the Old Testament, the book of Joshua. Joshua is now the leader of the Israelites. The Israelites have been wandering around for 40 years, but now they're coming back into the, in the promised land. Kind of like we've been in the frontier for three and a half years, not quite 40 years. Uh, people of Israel were disobedient to God. We are trying to be obedient to God. But in both cases, now God has a next chapter, a next step, and is calling us to be bold like the people in the Bible. So let's check this out. Uh, we're going to be in Joshua chapter 1, beginning with verse 2. These are the words of God to Joshua and the people of Israel, but also hear them as words to us today as well. Moses, my servant, is dead. The leader of the people of Israel through the wilderness has died. And now then, you, Joshua, and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. So when they escaped from slavery in Egypt, they crossed through the Red Sea, and now they're leaving the wilderness. They're going to cross over the River Jordan. This is symbolic movement of God into now the promised land. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. 
Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river of the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. That's the second time God says that. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate it on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Follow the word of God. Follow scripture. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. The third time God says that in verse 9, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Love this passage of scripture. God said to the people of Israel and to Joshua, your time has come. I have great plans for you and I need you to be strong and courageous. It's not going to be easy. There are going to be obstacles. You're going to you're going to come into, in, into contact with people who are totally against what you're doing, and you're going to have to go through that. You're going to have to overcome that. So I want you to be strong and courageous. God says that to Joshua and the people of Israel three times. Be strong and courageous. Uh, and in the third instance of that, that's Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. That's been one of the key verses that we as a congregation have had over these past seven years, to be strong and courageous. In fact, we often pray at 109 every day. Uh, for God to make us strong and courageous in what we're doing from Joshua 1, chapter 1, verse 9, 109. You can do that a.m. or p.m. Uh, I know that some of us might have fallen out of that habit, but maybe we begin that habit again anew today. Be strong and courageous. And then I love what Joshua said. He ordered them, the people of Israel, to get ready to move because God was calling them to step out boldly in faith. You know, this project that we're doing, is, it's just been a mammoth undertaking, and it's been exciting, but it's been very difficult and as well and challenging and costly and uh, called for a lot of sacrifice and a lot of change. And, you know, when people come and they ask us, you know, all about our project, they say, well, you know, some of them are really interested in the, in the how. How did you do this? You were, you were a church in decline. You... You had deferred maintenance, uh, you know, a couple million dollars that you couldn't afford to, you know, to, to fix up the church the way that you wanted it. You were a smaller church. How were you able to do this? How, how were you able to, to afford a $30 million project? How were you able to uh, convince yourselves that this is what God was calling you to do? How were you able to convince your denomination to, to let you do this, United Methodist Church? How were you able to convince land developers to come alongside you to do this? How were you able to to convince uh, the city council of Charlotte to allow you to do this, right? There's just, there's so much to do. Like, how could you do this? How could your congregation do something like this? And the answer, I still believe, and is the answer that we continue to give to people, is the how is tied to the why. God gave us a vision, and we followed that vision boldly in faith. God gave us a vision. God, I want you to reach your community for Jesus, I want you to do whatever it takes to reach your community for Jesus. And we followed that. We heard it. We believe it. We followed that boldly, and we stepped out in faith. And so how we did it is, is centered in the why. God wants us to reach our community for Jesus. God wants us to help people live life to the full in Jesus. And so God gave us vision. And we follow that vision by being bold, 
being strong and courageous, just like God said to the people of Israel and Joshua, and we've done this through faith. And we've we've let nothing hold us back, right? We 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 have given it all. We we have we have given it all. We've changed the way that we do ministry again. We changed our entire campus. We tore down our iconic ski slope building in Charlotte that we had so many memories from, and, and we've held nothing back. We let go of our personal preferences. We, you know, some of us didn't want to do all the things that we've done. We let go of our old church name. We have a new church name. We have held nothing back because we're all in. We, we believe what God's saying, and we, we felt that this is what God is calling us to do. We even have not withheld our own money because this is a costly project. It's cost a lot to do. It costs a lot to maintain. And so for us to be all in, we also had to surrender to God uh, our money. And our congregation is just so incredibly generous to make this possible. Our project itself is, is valued right around $30 million. Right? $19, $20 million uh, range is the cost of, of the building, our building and that space itself. Uh, and then the other 10 million comes uh, in with the property value of the land that we own, other amenities that uh, our land development partner made possible for us, kind of like the parking deck, things like that, as well as we put two and a half million dollars in a capital reserve fund. That's an investment for the future and, and hopefully will grow with, with the investment uh, to take care of you know, big item things that happen in the future when the HVAC unit goes out, things like that, because we didn't have that in the old campus and we want to be ready for improvements in the new campus. And so um, that's a big part of, of what we've done. And in the midst of that, the congregation also has a lot of skin in the game. We, we had to raise our own money to help fund uh, this cost of this project that God called us to do. And so we did that through a capital campaign two years ago. We invited the congregation to think and pray about what it is that we can give to God so that this project can happen. And our goal was right around $1.65 million, which was about twice the size of our budget at the time. And uh, our church has been so generous that we had commitments for $1.9 million. It just blew through that. Well, that just shows you the generosity of our congregation, your generosity and your belief in what we're doing is just what God called us to do. And over the past two years, we have been giving that money uh, to God through the church. And this December, uh, we'll, we're going to wrap that up. And we're on, we're on target to hit 100% of receipts. And it looks like we might even go over that because we've, we've received some additional gifts that weren't made as commitments. And so right, we've got skin in the game. We believe in what Jesus has called us to do. And, and, and we've been generous with what God has, has given to us. And this includes people that are on fixed incomes. This includes people that are making six-figure salaries and, and all in between. And so we all have come up and we've given sacrificially because we believe in what God's calling us to do. Now, in addition to that, we have continued to give financially to support the ministries of the church. We're not just putting everything into this new building and, and campus. We've, we've done ministry over the last three and a half years. We've done powerful ministries. We feed hungry people. We help feed people physically. We help feed people's souls, right? Children, youth, students, adults, 
Right? We, we're trying to help all people find life to the full in Jesus. We, we do ministry outreach here in Charlotte. We do it in North Carolina. We do it around the U.S. We even do it all the way in Haiti. And so we've not stopped doing our ministries. We've just taken them outside of the church building, out into the community and the world where I think God really has enjoyed us being. And so uh, you all make that possible. And we've given to a capital campaign. We've given to a, a ministry budget this year in the middle of a pandemic. And some of us have lost jobs or we've lost income. And, but we still believe in what God's calling us to do. We still believe in reaching people for Jesus. Heard a great uh, few stories recently from our staff about people who uh, are coming in to be part of our congregation uh, through remote ministry. And some of them are you. You found us through the Internet. You found you're worshiping with us now. Some of you have joined our virtual online small groups and you've never set foot on our church property and you're just as much a part of our church family as anyone. And that wouldn't be possible without the generosity of this congregation. And so I just want to thank you that not only we, you know, we're investing in the future of this amazing campus and where we're going to reach people for Jesus, but also in everyday ministry. And this year, because of your generosity, it looks like we're going to break even by the end of the year. We anticipate our income and expenses being somewhere around between $675,000 and $700,000 uh, coming in by the end of the year. That's, that's just tremendous in the midst of COVID. And just again, I want to thank you. And, you know, right when COVID first broke out and, and the government made the, the payroll protection plan, the PPP, you know, a possibility, we applied for that because we didn't know how things were going to go. And, we were granted the, the funds for that, but I'm happy to say because of your generosity, we sent 100% of that back. And that's because of you and what you believe about what we're doing, that we're trying to really reach people for God and transform our community. Not just our community, but all the way around the world, even as far as Bayonne, Haiti. And so we could not do that without your generosity. Then on top of that, every Christmas... We have a tradition in our church to take up a special Christmas Eve offering um, that's, that's very generous and allows us to do amazing things. Some of the, the Christmas Eve offerings, I mentioned some of this last week, uh, we've been able to do amazing things. We've been able to help a, a, a sister church in Winston-Salem, New Story Church, to build uh, and make available uh, an entire free medical clinic for their community. Right? They kind of renovated a, 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 an old house into this, this clinic and it's free. For their community where most people live they live in poverty there uh, another christmas eve offering we were able to provide clean water for two communities in bayonne haiti that's changing the lives of thousands of people literally allowing them to live life by having access to clean water we have uh, supported affordable housing here in charlotte through christmas eve offering we also helped abolish uh, some medical debt through matching grants based on what we gave. We were able to wipe out $4.7 million of medical debt in the Appalachian Mountains, uh, including uh, some in North Carolina, our state. And so we have been giving generously uh, for the, the past 54 years. In the last seven years in this, this, this opportunity to relaunch the church, in the last three and a half years as we've been in the frontier, and almost the last year has been in the middle of a pandemic. And so, again, I just want to thank you for your generosity. It's just incredible. And what it, what it tells me is that when we say that we have three core values at South Park Church, that one of them is generosity, we're not lying about that. Like, we're living that out. And again, it's people who are on fixed incomes, people who are making six-figure salaries, and all in between there. 
And so it's just a beautiful thing that we're all sacrificing. Some of us have one pocket that we can give out of, right? It's, it's our retirement check or it's our, our paycheck. Some of us have another pocket of savings. Some of us have another pocket of investments. But whatever number of pockets we have, it all comes back to our own. We have one pair of pants each, right? And, and we're giving sacrificially as God has uh, enabled us to give. And we're changing our community. We're changing our world. We're giving hope in the midst of a pandemic. And so I'm really excited today to say that uh, I just, if you're in Charlotte today and you can come to our, our campus, we're going to open it up from one to three o'clock this afternoon to allow you to come and, and see a sneak peek of what generosity can do, of what a vision that God gives us now looks like in person. And we're going to get a chance to, to walk uh, on the property. We're going to get a chance to go into our own buildings uh, and just to celebrate what God's doing. And so if you're able to come today, we're calling it a, a Sharpie party because we get to write Sharpie markers on the walls and, and the floors and, and stuff like that to, to write scripture verses and to write prayers that are going to be the foundation of this building. And it's just, I would just invite you as, you, as you're going on the property today to see it kind of as a, as a time of prayer, like it's a prayer walk that, that we pray as we see the apartment buildings and the hotel and where the shops and restaurants are going to be, that, that these are going to be our friends and we're going to be good friends to them and good neighbors to them and we're going to share Jesus with them and, and we're going to help transform this whole, this whole community, this apex development, apex South Park development for Jesus. Pray as you walk through our building. Pray for the children and, and youth, students and adults who are going to be coming there, that they will find Jesus, that we will be great neighbors and that we will love them. And Pray for the music that's going to happen, for, for the teaching that's going to happen, for the, the gifts of food and, and things that we're going to be able to give out. And it just This is a great time to come and celebrate and just truly allow the Holy Spirit to, to bring us joy. And to, to say, this is what the power of generosity is. This is the power of vision. And when God gives us a vision and we, and we follow it boldly in faith, this is what can happen. And so today's just a huge highlight. If you can't make it today, that's okay. We're getting ready to open it up, and it's going to be there every day. And so you can come another day. But you can pray wherever you are today, and it's just going to be a special time. As we think about, well, what's next for us? How do we continue to fund the ministries and move the church forward um, just want to give you just a, a quick update that in 2021, uh, we're going we're gonna to have um, a new budget, obviously, and it's going to be a little bit different now that we're back in a building. And so again, this year, we're going to, you know, let's just use the number 700,000. That's kind of where we're going to have our expenses and income. We're going to finish our, our year somewhere around that. Uh, in 2021, that's going to go up to a need of $1.3 million dollars because we're going to have this new big building and we got to take care of that. And we're going to have costs that we haven't really had over the last three and a half years, you know, everyday utilities. And uh, we're going to be part of an association with the other, you know, owners on, on, the, on our site uh, to have common area maintenance. Uh, you know, we're, it's kind of like a homeowner association where we each pay our portion to, to keep the common areas up, all that kind of stuff. So just a lot more building expenses. And of course we'll, we got to pay off our mortgage, and so that's the difference between the, the roughly $700,000 that we need this year to the $1.3 million that we need next year. So how are we going to fund that that difference in the middle there? Well, you know, I think the first best thing is that we keep doing what we're doing. Right? We keep making those generous gifts to the church, uh, right? The $700,000. Um, we're going to need the, for us to keep giving like that and giving to the, the general ministry budget of the church. 
we also, I think, have been smart by creating other revenue streams for our church. And one of them is we lease some of the space on the ground floor. That's always been part of our, our plan to help bring income for the church so that we free up more money for ministry uh, that we give ourselves. And so uh, we have three tenant slots. We filled one of those and we still need to fill the other two. Uh, to help make all this work. But that, that's a big part of that. Uh, and then we have some other sources of, of, of revenue streams, income. Uh, we have this big digital sign that's going to be on campus that uh, we co-own. And uh, we're going to get revenue off that as advertisers put things up there. Um, and don't worry, right? It's going to be stuff that a church would be okay with putting up on a big screen. Uh, and, and so we have things like that. And I know you might be thinking, well, what about the capital reserve, the $2.5 million? Can we touch that? And we really want to leave that alone. Uh, we do have a provision that says we can we can tap up to 5% of that each year for the first five years that we're in the building to help offset some of the cost of like utilities and, and things like that. But we really want to leave that alone as much as possible because that's to grow for the future um, maintenance and, and taking care of the church. Uh, and so that's where we are. Now, I got to be honest with you, I want to be absolutely transparent that it's essential that we find those other two tenants to lease our space, because if not, there's going to be a huge gap between what we expect to bring in and what we need to bring in to, to pay all of our $1.3 million worth of expenses. And so, uh, again, right, God says to us, be strong and courageous. I know it's a pandemic. I know that COVID is here, right? That's the elephant in the room, right? Some of us are not going to be able to give as much this year because of COVID. Totally understand that. Uh, it's been harder to find tenants uh, because of COVID, right? We understand that, and and that's a reality. I just want you to know that that could create a gap between our seven hundred thousand and the needed one point three million dollars. Uh, but be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. We remember God's words to Joshua and the people of Israel. God got us here for a reason. And we've got to trust that God's going to be faithful even as we continue to be faithful to God. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. So what? So what's the point today? What's the big idea? What's the takeaway? We've talked about a lot of things today. And this is what I think it is. I think, I think it's for God saying it to Joshua and the people of Israel. But I think God's saying it to us as well. And, and this is it. Where God leads, we follow boldly in faith. Where God leads, we follow boldly in faith. Be strong and be courageous. Yes, it's the pandemic. Yes, you know, we're losing income. Yes, it's harder to get tenants. Be strong and courageous. Right? Seven years ago when we started this project, you're going to knock your church down. You're going to change your name. You're going to go before the city council. Right? How are you going to do all these things? Right? Because we were strong and courageous because the power of Jesus is with us. And we were following the vision that God gave to us. Where God leads, we follow boldly in faith. Right? We know that our community needs to be reached for Jesus. And so where God leads, we follow boldly in faith. So I'd like to ask you to consider to do three things in response to today's message, uh, which I think is coming straight out of Scripture that I would invite you to do. The first of them is to pray. All right, again, if you're on campus today, I've kind of you know walked you through some of that. Use this as a prayer walk today. If you can't come to campus today, right, spend some time praying. Thank God for where we, we've been and, and where God has brought us and, and, and praise God where we are now and, and ask God to lead us into the future boldly in faith. 
and pray for those specifics, right? Our new neighbors, our campus, the way that we're going to use it, that we'll continue to be in the community. We're not going to lose those ties in the community that we've developed so hard to create over the last three and a half years. There's a lot to, to pray about. I, I invite you to pray also for God to lead us to those two tenants that we need, right? We've got one and we need two others to lease that space. So let's let's pray for that. And I'd invite you all to pray again. Let's Let's make this a priority again. At 109 every day. You can do AM or PM, whatever you want to do. It can be a minute, it can be five minutes. Let's all start praying again. Set your watch, set your um, your phone, whatever it is, an alarm. Let's pray at 109. Lord, thank you for what you called us to do. Help us to be bold, help us to be strong, courageous, help us to follow you in faith. The second thing I'd like to ask you to consider is to continue. Uh, or maybe to begin for the first time, right, wherever you are in your walk, to give generously. Give generously to God through the ministries of our congregation. We are doing so many awesome things for God. And I just think it's cool that we get to be a part of that. And so on November 15th, we're going to have a chance to make a, a commitment to God. Uh, we normally do this in the church building. I don't think we'll be able to be in the church building yet to do that, but we're going to have an opportunity to either mail in our contribution, send it through email. We're going to we're getting stuff out to you very soon about that. But just just go ahead and mark in your minds, November 15th uh, is the day that we're going to make our commitment to God for 2021, how we're going to support the church financially. And I realize COVID is, is, is hard. And for some of us, we just don't have it to give. And you can't give what you don't have. So don't feel guilty about that. If COVID or other things have got you down, that's okay. God understands. Right? When you're in a position you're able to give, right, that'll switch. Right? So we understand that. And some of us still have income. We still have savings. We still have investments. And so I just want to encourage you again to, to think and pray about being generous with our gifts. God's a giver. Uh, he's given us everything, including his son, Jesus. And we're creating God's image, so we're givers too. And we get to be a part of something bigger than, than, than ourselves. I know, you know, obviously, we've talked about how over the last two years we've been giving to the ministry of the church, and we've also been giving to the, the capital campaign to build the new campus. We've, we've, we've had an elevated giving, right? We've given to the ministry, and then on top of that, we've been giving to the building. And, and this year, right, that, that, the capital campaign giving is coming down because we've, we've paid that. And I would just ask those of us who've been giving at the elevated level and we were paid off our capital campaign commitment, I just invite you to think and pray about, well, could I continue to be giving at an elevated level, but just shift it all over to the church ministry budget? I've paid what I owe the capital campaign. I've been given the ministry budget this. I've been given the capital campaign this. Could I shift some of that over to the ministry budget? Laura and I, we're going to be praying about what our commitment is next year and, and, and how can we continue to do that? What elevated giving might be God calling us to do? And so I just would invite you to be in prayer and, and thinking about that. And again, it's exciting to be able to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Uh, people, again, from the nation, uh, as far as, you know, Washington State, Las Vegas, Texas, uh, Florida, uh, Atlanta, people coming or reaching out to us to find out more about our project. Uh, we've been uh, included in a PhD dissertation at Indiana University. We've been part of uh, master's degree program projects at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, at Colorado State University. Local seminaries have, have been talking about our project in their classes and had a pastor from Belgium, from Europe, come to meet with me we, about our project. And so right, we're creating a, a model of ministry. 
that we think could be replicated elsewhere. And I think we're going to get used to a lot of people who are coming on our campus visiting and wanting to ask us questions. How did you do this? How might I be able to do something like this? And that, that's been one of our goals that we believe God called us to be a model. Right? If that's not something that gets you excited to invest in, that, that we're breaking new ground and doing awesome things, I mean, I just think that's an incredible opportunity for us to be generous. And so I just would encourage you to think and pray about how you can give generously to support the ongoing ministry uh, of South Park Church and following this vision God has given us to help people live life to the full in Jesus. And then the third thing I just invite you to do is to celebrate, to thank God. Thank you, God, for life. Thank you, God, for salvation through Jesus. Thank you for letting me be a part of a church. This is just incredible. Uh, so three things that we can do. We can pray, we can give generously, and we can celebrate. No one knew in 2019 what 2020 had in store with the pandemic, with the civil unrest around the racism that plagues our nation, with the economy, with the political division that's getting ready to come to a head in the election, with the fires, with the earthquakes, the floods, the tornadoes, the murder hornets. I mean, you name it, it's happening in 2020. If we'd known in 2019, we would have prepared differently for 2020. No one knew seven years ago that when we started this process of relaunching the church that we would be relaunching in our new campus in 2020. There would be challenges, economic challenges about finding tenants to, to be in our, our new building to lease, about funding a campus in the midst of a pandemic, about the challenges of not being able to meet in person and worship in person because of the coronavirus. And, and yet, I think God knew that we would be launching in 2020 and that it was part of God's plan for us to launch now. I don't think it's God's plan that all the bad things are happening in the world, but I think God knows that the world needs the hope of Jesus. God knows that the world needs the hope of resurrection power, that God helps get the news out that it, you know if you're feeling down, if you're feeling broken, if you feel like, like life is crushing you, that, that God's not through with you yet. That God is the God of resurrection. Right? God is the God of, of restoration. We were a, a declining, dying church. Right? God's turning that around. And, and that's a message for, for everyone, right? Our nation's in trouble. Our world's in trouble. Everybody's in trouble. And God's saying, hey, I've not forgotten you. And my church, this church, is a symbol of that. Just like every other church on the planet is a symbol of that. And us moving into that new campus highlights that. And so what a great time. What a great time that God has called you and me to be a part of this. Whether you're here in person, whether you continue to watch remotely online, right? Where God leads, we will follow boldly in faith because the world needs God and we have been given the great gift to be the tellers of the good news, the speakers of the good news to people and it's symbolic that God is raising up a church in the midst of all that's happening. And so I just want to thank you for your generosity that makes this possible. And as we look forward to launching in our new campus very shortly, may we just give God thanks and praise. And may you feel that you are part of our community and that God has need of you to help reach people for Jesus. Where God leads, we will follow boldly in faith in the name of Christ.